There's not one guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. I have the opportunity to, to the first time I get to lead a program uh, at Oklahoma. Are you kidding me? It doesn't get any better than just, this. The biggest reason is, is just, you know, this is Oklahoma. And uh, Oklahoma uh, is, is um, a special place. Welcome to episode nine of the Sooner Surge podcast. Sooners have Kent State, Kansas State. Cut that. All right, welcome back to the Sooner Surge podcast. Oklahoma will have Kansas State rolling in to face the Sooners tomorrow night at 7 p.m. This is episode nine of the Sooner Surge podcast. And, well, let's start with the game tomorrow. Let's get a quick preview of this game. And uh, who wants to start off? Quick preview. Well, I'll start out by saying, obviously, the preview that we have to focus on for Kansas State is Deuce Vaughn. I think we can all agree with that. He's the main focal point of their offense. I haven't gotten to watch much film on K-State's offense yet. I I plan on doing that after the podcast, so I'll know a lot more on their offense, especially what they like to do. But from what it sounds like, when they throw the ball, it's a very simple passing offense. And I heard on a podcast that a Kansas State guy said that he believes they haven't even opened up the playbook and they were going to show a lot today against Oklahoma. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see, see what they do in the past game. But they have a very good defense. They have both of their starting cornerbacks are – NFL talents, their defensive line is pretty solid, and they're going to be an overall tough defense for us to play. They play that three-safety look that has given us nightmares over the last couple years, so we'll have to see how we respond and look on offensively. But defensively, I expect another dominant performance. Uh, I think that we can contain Deuce Vaughn, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I heard, I watched a little bit of the game last week between Kansas State and Tulane, and listening to Coach Kleiman talk this week, I I kind of get the feeling that K State's gonna be a little more um, like they're gonna go for it. Like as far as not, I, I don't mean go for it on fourth down. I mean like you're gonna see Martinez throw the ball down the field. He he was complaining. He was complaining about Martinez. They had some guys run open late, and he just didn't see him. And then he's scared to make a mistake, and he needs to open it up more. So I have a feeling that he's going to throw the ball a little more. Now, whether that's a good thing for K-State or not, I don't know. Because I don't know how great of a quarterback he is throwing the ball, so we'll see. But the strength of Kansas State, other than Deuce Vaughn, which they literally plan everything for Deuce Vaughn. I mean, passing game is Deuce Vaughn. Running game is Deuce Vaughn. So it all goes through him, and Tulane's shutting down, and that's one of the reasons that they won that game. But obviously the strength of Kansas State is their defense. They really do. I think this will probably be, other than maybe Texas, this will be the toughest defense OU plays for the whole season. So here's the deal. We're going to know after tomorrow night, depending on what OU does offensively, I think, we're going to know the ceiling of this OU team. Yeah, and I think that kind of folds into what we were watching for. But uh, as a preview for Kansas State, none of you guys have mentioned it. Um, Felix Anadike Uzoma, I don't know if that's how Yeah, you he's their it. defensive he's end. He's the real stud. deep. Yeah. Um, and so you guys have kind of hit on everything about previewing this game. Um, Will he be lined up against Anton? He's going to be lined up against Anton. So, and you know, what, what I'm watching for is that matchup right there. But again, on the defensive side of the ball for the Sooners, you got to stop Deuce Vaughn. And we've been, so far over three games, pretty good at stopping the run, 2.6 yards uh, on average per carry so far for this defense. So if you can shut down the run, I, listen, I think if Adrian Martinez were to go out and beat you throwing the ball, I mean. Well, I think if OU were to be in a dogfight on this game and, and possibly lose, it's going to come down to one thing. Well, I'll say two things. It's going to come down to if OU turns the ball over, 
because their secondary is pretty good. So if Gabriel has a bad game and has turnovers, it, it, it spells doom. Yeah. Or if they have bad special teams. Because Kansas State has killed OU before in special teams. Those are the only two areas I think if, if any of that happens, OU could lose this game. Yeah, and this is a game that historically, well not historically, historically we've been able to beat Kansas State pretty easily, dominantly. Not but recently. recently we have struggled against this team. This is a team that I've heard many people say is a thorn in the side of OU. I mean, they, it, this is a game where you, you have to think this is a great environment. And you just it's another one of those get through the game with the wins. But, you know, just looking at that two-lane game, that score last week, it should have been worse than it was. Two-lane just beat them uh, in a lot of different ways. But I, I think they were kind of looking forward to this game. Well, Kansas State, the two times they beat us in the last five years, they were coming off a loss to a horrible team. Yeah. So, that doesn't Yeah, really and matter. also, well, just like you guys said, like, we feel like Kansas State has been the thorn in the side of Oklahoma, but really that was un- under the previous staff. You know, and I feel like just the first three weeks and all the offseason, the vibe's been different, and – this is going to be a, probably a hint to my score prediction, but I expect Oklahoma to dominate this game once again. In my opinion, with the way they played through the first three games, I don't see any team in conference play being able to stop us down, like stop us. Yeah, and- Because this defense, I think, because they struggle with throwing the ball in. I think it's fair to say the weakness on our defense is probably our cornerbacks, just because, like, everyone else on our defense, I feel like, is really good. But, like, it's not even a weakness, you know? Yeah, but I would just warn anybody that we've said this before. Mm -hmm. When under Lincoln Riley, I know it's a different regime where this offense can't be stopped, and then they go throw an egg. And, guys, it was just two weeks ago, Kent State, it was 7-3 at half. So, and that was against a rush three drop eight, if I remember right. Well, yeah, they play the same exact scheme that K-State. And I know know OU was very vanilla that game. But I'm just saying, until I see it against a quality defense like this, this if they go out there and dominate and score 30 to 40, then yeah. This this is the best team we'll face so far, right? Oh, and, for sure. And Deuce Vaughn oh, yeah. is the best player we have faced so far. And Deuce Vaughn is a very, very good football player. And I know that they give him the ball almost every single play, but he has just – he's had his will over this team uh, in the past. So how can we contain Deuce Vaughn? That is probably one of the biggest things I'm watching for in this game. But I hinted at it previously. The first thing – that I'm watching for the, the very first thing is the matchup between Anton Harrison and Kansas State's Edge. I don't know how to pronounce the name, but he's a very, very good player. That's probably the best matchup in this whole game. So Anton Harrison has been pretty steady so far this season. How does he um, cope with that matchup? That's the biggest thing I'm watching for. I'm the, the yeah, best. and then well, like, go ahead, Jack. Speaking of of Anton Harrison, you know, in this off season, I feel like. On the uh, on the offensive line, the guy like that has the potential to be a first round draft pick is Anton Harrison, because like the amount of flashes he's shown to be this great tackle is in- incredible. And if I think if we see the Anton Harrison that we all know he he can be, you you know, because do you guys remember last year all like the flashes Anton Harrison showed on certain plays? Yeah. Yeah, he's or he would just maul dudes. You mentioned like the, he's the potential to be a first round pick. You hinted at that. And so does the Pearson that he'll be matched up against he's the potential to be a first round yeah, pick. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's why I was saying that, you know, because I think if Anton Harrison has a dominant game, we're talking about this off this offensive line being a, a very special unit for the rest of the year. Yeah. The the biggest thing I'm watching for is we all know this this rush three drop eight has it's kind of taken over college football. Let's be honest. So many defenses are playing this. We played it to to go against yeah we the, the spread offense and stuff. And a lot of a lot of people are playing it now. So I'm going to be very interested to see how Levy approaches this 
And, you know, I listened to a few other podcasts, you know, Oklahoma Breakdown, some other ones, and they were talking about how Kansas State likes to line up, how they like to line up against a double tight end set. And, you know, with OU running that double tight end set a lot, from what they were saying is that Kansas State will go, basically, they'll, they'll bring everybody up and they'll go one-on-one on the outside receivers. And that's the time to really challenge them deep. And is when you get big personnel, it looks like you're running it, and you got Mims and Farouk on the outside there in one-on-one matchups. Uh, and Dylan's got to hit those over-the-middle throws tomorrow. That, he le- has to. that leads me to my next point, and I will hint on, or I will talk more in this podcast kind of about the one-on-one matchups later on when we get to play the game picks. But another thing I'm watching for is Dylan Gabriel, he said himself this was not his best performance last week against Nebraska. And I wouldn't say it was a bad performance. He had some really great throws, like the one to Weiss and the one to Farouk. However, frankly, Jalil Farouk could have had two touchdowns, and, and Marvin Mims could have had another one if Dylan Gabriel just makes a couple better throws. So how is he going to come out well, against by far the best defense he will have faced all year um, in the offense as a whole? But yes. Is, is this the first time we're going to see cornerbacks actually get challenged? Woody Washington – very seldomly, a team will throw to him and then we'll just back off of him. Jaden Davis, he been challenged what? The only time I can think of is that stupid pass interference call. So is Kansas State going to challenge our corners, and how are those corners going to respond? That's that's one of the big things I think. Yep, I completely agree. And also, um, you know, we really haven't had that game yet where we've been like, okay, Dylan Gabriel is this dude, you know? He's been consistent. He hasn't turned over the ball, which is awesome. Zero turnovers, as I believe, through the first three games, which can you guys tell me the last time that happened? It's been a while. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a time, but, you know, I think if I think that Dylan Gabriel has to have that super performance almost versus K-State. Because I think that they're gonna really plan to stop our run, our rushing attack with how dominant it's been through the first th- three games. Yeah, I, I expect Dylan to pull it out a little bit and run a little bit more tomorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, he's more RPO. He doesn't have to have that insane moment to win this game, but he's got to no flashy and manage the game. He's he's got to hit some throws where it's like okay, like. And maybe it's not to what we're going to get through the rest of the year, but it's a moment where you're like, okay, I, I see it. And I've seen it so far. There's just a lot, a couple more things we got to put together. And uh, criticizing Dylan Gabriel, it, he's been very, very good. Not great yet, but yes. very good so far. So, uh, yeah, how does he respond against a very good um, defense? But let's go ahead and get into our next thing. So what do you guys think this, this Sooners team needs to do to win tomorrow night. Give me the biggest thing this team's going to have to do to win tomorrow night. Well, I'll start off with this by saying don't let Deuce Vaughn get the ball in space. That's the first thing I'm going to say because we've seen it. Like, okay, I understand this is a different coaching staff. The way the team tackles is different. But we've seen what he can do to all the defenses across the country that they've played in space. He's probably the most unstoppable player right now in space in all of college football. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we're going to have to very contain him, play our defense around him. And I think if we stop Deuce Vaughn, I'm going to feel pretty comfortable about our defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. My, my, my word, though, is tackling. The tackling – because Deuce Vaughn's going to get the ball and he's going to get it in some space. you got to make that tackle. So the tackling and then I think, once again, the turnover battle. We, we've kind of dominated the turnover margin the last few games. I mean, we've gotten two, two, at least two, both last two games. You know, we had the bevel turnover, but we have just the, the offensive hasn't really turned it over. You've got to win that battle, too. Five so that's kind of what I'm, I'm – that's where I'm putting my – Five to one, so – um, I agree with you. Tackling it goes hand in hand to to what I'm gonna say, but I want to jump right back to what I'm watching for. Another thing is, what type of defense are we gonna see? Are we gonna see that uh, four two five look or the three three five look? I'm I'm gonna see that, but um, 
with what the Sooners need to do for length, I completely agree. Tackling, not stopping the run. I wouldn't say it's just Deuce Vaughn. They have another running back who's pretty solid. But Adrian, it's mainly Deuce Vaughn. I would say 80%. But Adrian Martinez can run too. That's kind of what he's best at doing, and he can't really throw it that well. So, uh, him running, I think you got to slow that down to your to the best of your ability. Um, and on the other side of the ball, the offensive line is going to have to play physical, and we're going to have to be able to establish the run because I don't know how it's going to look. Maybe we have to pass to set up the run or run to set up the pass, but we're going to have to be able to get our offense going. We can't come out and, and play very quiet against this team because this is not Nebraska. Um, this is not Utah. This is not Kent State. If we go out and we hang an eggshell in the first quarter, I think we're in for some big trouble. So I want the offense to just come out and, and have a very solid first drive. Even if it's not scoring, just move the ball. Um, yeah. And so that's, well, that's a big thing for me. Also, I feel like another thing that hasn't I haven't heard talked about at all this week is how I think Kansas State's going to try and c- control the clock. They're going to try and run a very slow offense, try and run the play clock down to five and four every single time they snap the ball. And if our offense isn't able to convert, like sustain, sustain drives with their tempo, I, it might be a long day for the defense. Yeah. Going to have to get off the field on third down. So many times against Kansas State where, oh, third and 15 and then. Third and four. Third and four. Third and, gonna get third and long, but third and four, they're just going to hand it to Deuce Vaughn. And first down, restart. So, that, get off the field on third downs. We've been pretty good at it and fourth downs as well. But I agree they're probably going to slow it down a little bit. But if you get off the field on third downs, I mean, I think you're, you're in a pretty good spot. And, and, again, the offense, keep their tempo going their way. Um. So let's go ahead and do you guys have anything else to add on, on that? Well, like another thing that I think we're going to have to do, you know, I, I could go on and on. I could list 10 things about today's game or tomorrow's game, but you guys don't want to hear that. But, you know, I think the last thing I'd say is we need, we have to play another penalty free game. We can't hurt ourselves, you know? Oh, yeah. Because I think, like, it happens to whenever a lot of, like, the good teams get upset in college football, it's because they commit penalties and they can't sustain drives offensively. Like, 60 to 70% of the time, that's why. Yeah, and so one more thing to add, special teams. And I wrote about this earlier on in the week. I think Billy Bowman takes a kickback in this game. I mean, can you guys just imagine it's the beginning of the fourth quarter? Kansas State's kicking it off. Bowman takes to the crib. Well, hopefully they're not kicking off. I mean, yeah. they just scored. He got, like, he literally got, I think, one chance to return a kick uh, last week. But, yeah, I think special teams, I think, will have an impact on this game in some way, shape, or form. But uh, player of the game picks, I'll go ahead and start it off with my offensive pick. It's I'm going to say it right now. It's the exact same as last week. I'm going with Jalil Farouk. Um... And, and I, I mentioned that I think Farouk, is, he's right there. He had a touchdown last week. I think he very easily could have had two. Um, and another thing I want to point out is that Jalil Farouk is playing more snaps than Marvin Mims. He's leading the receiving group. In mm-hmm. Yeah. Jalil Farouk has 62 snaps played, where Marvin Mims has 46, and the next is only 32. So Jalil Farouk is getting those snaps. The ball just hasn't been coming his way that much with only four receptions. But he had... I don't know if I remember, but Gabriel missed him on a little skinny post, and now he would have had a touchdown. So that is my offensive player of the pick, or player of the game pick, and uh, I think the breakout game, it could happen, though I think Marvin Mims uh, has a big game too. For, you know, I'm going to go second, and this has been really kind of a hard pick for me, but, you know, I want to flat out and say it, and it's someone we talked about earlier in the podcast and Anton Harrison, you know? Because I, I I think he has, like, changed as a player, really. He now has that nastiness in him when he blocks compared to what he did, didn't have. And I think we're going to see why Anton Harrison is a first-round pick this Saturday. Wow. And, and by the way, I, this is the third straight week in a row I've said on offensive line. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm really banking on that to happen. 
Well, I'm gonna go with a. Just call me Captain Obvious, but I'm gonna go with Marvin Mims. Mm-hmm. I think Marvin, if they play this rush three drop eight, you know, we saw what he did at the end of the first half against Kent State and beginning of the second half. And if, if they're gonna if they're gonna play that soft coverage, I'm running the eight yard out to him every time. Yeah, he could have the two touchdowns last week too. Yeah, so I, I, they're gonna find a way to get him the ball, and I think he's gonna have a good game. So I'm gonna go with Marvin. I, I would agree defensively with though. Let's, let's talk about defense. Yeah, let's get your defensive pick. So I'm gonna go defensive player of the game. I have two, so if y'all pick one of them, I'll um, another. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go this one kind of another obvious, but I'm gonna go Billy Bowman. That's who I was gonna go. I I, I just think he's too too good. All right. And he's 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 so important for our defense. Especially against a scheme like they play, yep. he's such yep. a big part of it. You're right on it. I think he scores a touchdown. I don't know how it's going to come. Maybe another one of those strip fumbles or interception or kick return. So are you picking the same one? Well, I'm going to pick the same one just because you picked them. But I, I think I agree. Another guy I think to watch out for is Key Lawrence. Key Lawrence? I, I was really? too, but he's a turnover you know, And Key Lawrence is really good in run support. Turnover machine. Really good. Do you guys want to know who I'm going to say? Who? I don't – I think this is a surprise, but it's not. I, Based off the game he had last week and it's Deshaun, Deshaun White. Yeah. Deshaun White. Because, look, okay, I think if he doesn't get kicked out of that game uh, from, honestly, a targeting call that he shouldn't have even had. It was a stupid penalty. Yeah. Like, he didn't even have to sack the quarterback. The play was over. But, um, you know, like, um, I, I think he's just – has the momentum from last week. He was playing his best game but, I've ever seen. Yeah, and I think he was on pace. I think he was on pace to have like 23 tackles or something like that when he got kicked out of the game. Yeah. It was some wild stat. But, like, you know, I that's he's going to be my player of the game. So, my defensive player of the game, and, again, this was on my Thursday takes as well as the Bowman take. And one of the reasons I think Bowman and Key Lawrence both are going to have big games because they're very – they're both pretty good in run support. Can't say mm-hmm. the ball. So I'm going to be going with someone at that Mike linebacker spot who actually hasn't been picked by anyone yet this season. I think David Aguayu has a really big game versus Kansas State. And I think this is the best game we've seen him play all year, maybe even his career as a, as a sooner. I think we get that type of a game from Aguayu. I think he's going to plug the gap really well and potentially shut down the run very well. I think he'll lead the team in tackles this week. Uh, if not, it will be Billy Bowman, but that is how I'm going to go with my defensive player of the game. Well, also, it's like um, I'm sure like that you guys can probably ag- agree with me, but like I feel like we really haven't had that like extremely dominant game from one person yet. No, you know? Yeah, well, fair. well, because no, okay, it's like last week Jaron Kanak. Yes, he had a pretty dominant game, but the majority of his plays came against Nebraska's second string, too. And he flashed a lot of potential, but, like, who's going to be that guy where you're like, he's in there every single play? And I think that's going to happen this week. And, and uh, Brody, I was going to pick Key Lawrence if you wouldn't have picked him. I didn't pick Key Lawrence. I picked Wager. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh. Well, actually, never mind. I'm gonna change mine to Key Lawrence then. Right. My fault, but you know, I think yeah, I I think we're gonna see him start this week over Justin Broyles again. Either way, he's gonna play a lot. I think yeah. he'll get a good run from Lawrence, Bowman, Broyles, and Harmon. Mm-hmm. Especially so, that three three. So what do y'all think on the score wise? You got score. That's I mean it's a they're favored by what twelve? Something like that. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah. I think it's thirteen. I'll let y'all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take OU covers. I'm gonna go thirty eight seventeen. Really? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go uh thirty one to ten. So I think OU covers too. Brody? 41-17. Oh, similar to mine. 41-17, but I think it's another one of those 
Um, I think Kansas State gets that last touchdown late in the game, 41-10, 41-17, somewhere in there. Um, but I, listen, this I think this could be potentially a fairly close game throughout the first half. But I think I think the Sooners can go ahead and get it done in the second half and have a, a pretty big game. But well, OU's really been a third quarter team. They've come out and dominated third quarter. Dominated third quarter. So. I think we get some momentum somewhere in the game and just go on a run and hopefully kind of put them away. But, you know, we'll see. It could go. It could be a very close game. It wouldn't shock me. But uh, I think it's going to be a great environment tomorrow night with, with the lights and everything. Uh, certainly, I do think this could be the best environment we've seen all year. Kent, Kent State, we got a little bit of it in the second half, but I think the lights played yeah. a factor in this game. And uh, another thing is that there's going to be a – uh, light that? show in the third quarter where they can pair their phones to the music or something like that. Yeah. There's going to be a surplus amount of recruits in attendance mm-hmm. in Kansas State. Big recruiting week. Big recruiting Hey, do, do y'all know if David Hicks ever got confirmed? David Hicks, I heard, is not going to be there. Mm. But, you know, Todd Bates was at... Yeah. Yeah, Todd Bates went to his game, but I don't think he's coming due to some other family stuff. Yeah, but hey, he's committing this Wednesday. Y'all think we get him? I, I do. Arnold, he's just a game record. That's what he does. He makes plays. And I don't remember the last time OU got a defensive line recruit as good as him. He may be the highest Gerald, ever. Gerald McCoy. Gerald, Gerald McCoy. McCoy. Okay. Well, you know. Yeah, I think obviously he's the guy. We've seen the crystal balls. I've been saying this. I've been saying this since the Champion Barbecue. I've been saying I think OU's in the lead. It's OU's battle to lose, and he like even he visited A and M twice over the last two weeks. Well, and still the crystal balls came in for OU, and I think really he wanted to see A and M for one last time, but. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he, he went to C.A. and M this last weekend and thought, "Yep, I'm ready to make up my mind. I'm gonna go to OU." Yeah, that would that would be great. But there is a, a both the Denver boys will be in tent tonight without Jackson Arnold. Without Jackson Arnold, so I yeah, I'm hoping we can get Peyton Bowen, uh, even Ryan Yates. There's another Bowen hey. in town for this game, the defensive lineman. Yeah, hold on, hold on. He's a teammate of Anthony Evans. And uh, from what I've been seeing, mm-hmm. they're pretty close. And Anthony Evans, Johnny Bowens. Anthony Evans on Twitter today basically said, "Stop wasting time and commit right now." Um, where's he? Where's mm-hmm. he committed to right now? Uh, I don't think he's committed. But where's he leading? Nowhere. He was committed to Texas A and M. So, but you know, I feel like I have a hot take. Okay, I have. I think within the next three weeks. Peyton Bowen, Ryan Yates, and David Hicks will all be a part of Oklahoma's class. That is a very real possibility. And guys, I've got no, and, aside from the obvious, I've got three players, regardless of class, that I really, really want to end up ignoring. The first one, Malachi Coleman. I, if you mm-hmm. have him, I mean, he, he would be so good. And the next one, another person that's going to be in attendance. Not Jackson Arnold, but Michael Hawkins. Um, mm-hmm. Or I, guys, I think he, he yeah. he's the real deal. From what I've I've watched a couple of his a little bit of his tape, I, I do think he's the real deal. And can anyone guess who the third one's going to be? Micah Tease? No, I think you're going to go with the guy from Noah. I'm. Hey, is that I, where you're going? I Danny see too much. Danny Okoye. Hey. Mm-hmm. Listen, I haven't seen too much, but he's 2024. He's a beast. He's a beast. He's 6'5, 230 defensive end, and he is a junior in high school. The potential is there. I'm just saying, I would like to see that, but definitely Coleman as well. Well, yeah, and you know, if there's a, um, I don't, this has been some buzz going around lately. But then it started yesterday afternoon. I saw it on Twitter, but. Joe John Finley was up to see Jaden Greathouse, Notre Dame commit, 
top 100 player overall. And I'm hearing OU is recruiting him to play tight end again. So does that mean they're not feeling good about Coleman? No, I no, I I I think that they want to play Coleman at wide receiver. Play Coleman at wide receiver. Well, I think the Cade McIntyre. That's what I think. Cade McIntyre, I think McIntyre is a stud. I wouldn't shock. Mm -hmm. I think Cade McIntyre would go the linebacker. So I think they may just be trying to. Maybe if they can get all three, then maybe you got to say someone else. We don't have a spot for you, but. yeah, Jaden Greyhouse right now was the 107th national player in the 247 sports composite. He's 6'2", 215. That's what he's listed at. So he'd be on the smaller side for a tight end, but... Yeah, this is a huge weekend, recruiting-wise. Mm-hmm. You got the game under the lights. You got recruiting. You got the statues at 330, the Selman Brothers. Selman Brothers. I know where you're going. I mean, it's massive. Are you, are you excited or what? Are we wearing alternate uniforms this week? Well, that's the other buzz I'm hearing. I, you know? You know? I'd love to see Do you want to know what? There has to be something different because they painted the end zones crimson. They've never done that before. They do that every time to start conference play. Oh, really? Yeah, every year. But here's um, the deal. I mean, you can call me an old. I'm an oldie. You don't want to see black. You, you, listen, you can call me an oldie, but I don't like these oldies talking about how, oh, I don't want them to wear alternate uniforms because then they might play back. Guys, if the recruits, if the players want to wear alternate uniforms once or twice a year, go for listen, it. Listen, if that you're for yeah, the players, this is for these the are players. the ones I want. I want the ones from the '70s or the '60s, the old school ones. That's the one. I think they should do that since they're doing the Selman Brothers. They should go to those older uniforms, those traditional mm-hmm. old uniforms from when the Selman Brothers played, and could bring those out. Listen, if they brought those out, maybe, it just adds yep. environment at that point. But I, I don't know. I feel like we would have seen something earlier on the week if they would have been like, oh, you know, they tease some uniforms sometime. I, or they could just be shocking and coming out with them. We don't really well, well, the thing is that the uh, guy on Twitter, I don't, I don't remember his name, but who, who always posts their uniforms on like Wednesday or Thursday that they're gonna wear that week. He, he hasn't posted anything. He has, he doesn't know, and I don't think really exactly. has a confirmation of what, what it could be anthracite, it could be, could it be all, all red, crimson, all crimson. That wouldn't shock me. Mhm. It could be all, it could be a lot of things, or it could just be the normal uniform. That's going to be another thing where it's like, oh, my gosh, what, what uniform they coming out? And we'll probably see on 615. Um, well, you know, also, I feel like it's a matter – I really want to see OU get all black uniforms. I don't know if I would like Those would go hard with white lettering and, like, the white think, Rough Rider helmet. Look, no, the Rough Riders I hate. I don't like the Rough Riders. I think it would look good, but if you're going to do something like that – It'd be anthracite. I'm not a big fan of anthracite. Red or white, baby. Red or white, I agree. Josie said, you're not going to see him in black, so I, I think it would look good. I completely agree. I just, I, I'm not really for it, but I'm not against it. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uniforms are kind of a, a, a trending topic right now, but let's go ahead and hop into another trending topic. Before we go ahead and talk about the Big 12, um, let's talk about something that, oh, well, I think we have known since the SEC move is announced that Bedlam will not be played um, once the students um, SEC and, and yep. I've known this, I think we've all known it for a while, but we kind of get some confirmation on it now. Y'all got anything to add about this? Well, the first thing I want to say is every single time Mike Gundy talks, he sounds dumber and dumber. Like... The dude sounds worse than like Tom Herman when he talks. I like Mike. Like, I think he's good radio. He's good TV. He's, he, he's like I don't like. He says he's blaming this on OU whenever they can continue the they can continue this whenever OU goes to the SEC if they want to. Yeah, Florida. But Hughes, athletic director, won't do it. I agree. Here, the easiest. And, way to do it. And also, 
I think he's scared that we're going to take over the SEC and destroy him every year. Well, they've already destroyed him every year. Here's the deal. Sure. Here's the deal. I mean, Mike Gundy, he's won two games, right, against OU? And last mm-hmm. year, I didn't count it. But here's the deal, guys. Either. Here's the deal. They could play this game because right now, if you look at OU's future schedule, they have teams scheduled like Michigan, uh, Tennessee, I think. Oh, no, not Tennessee. Michigan. OSU has Bama coming. So why not just take those big dog games off the schedule and play each other? That'd be an easy fix. Easy. Mm-hmm. And it's still a great – if this playoff is expanding to 12, game, 12 teams – you want to have good competition, so it's not going to hurt you either way. Yeah, so play it. The state needs to have Bedlam. I, I agree. And, and I, Mike Gundy's got OSU in a great spot right now. He's, I mean, he's been a great coach for them, and they can dominate this Big 12. I really feel that way. So step up now and don't be a – let's go play the big boys. So um, that's kind of all I have on it, but – I want to go ahead and get into what kind of relates to OSU it does, but top five teams in the Big 12 uh, before conference play. So right now, who are your top five teams in the Big 12? I'll go ahead and start it off. I already said my top five earlier in the day. Um, Oklahoma is going to be number one. For me, I'm not trying to be biased or anything. There just hasn't been a team that has looked as complete um, or like, like OU has. And we'll see in the coming weeks. But as of now, they're my number one team. And, and number two, it's going to be Texas. They're the next best team I've seen in the Big 12 with Quinn Ewers, and I haven't seen that much of them. I don't know who's going to start a quarterback for them this week, but I, I don't think you can justify putting another team over OSU or over Texas at this moment at number two. Number three, OSU, and there's one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not going to put Kansas at three? Listen. Come on Kansas now. maybe number one. How- Listen, I'm Dude, Kansas has looked so good. I'm going to keep going with this real quick because I know the Kansas thing is – I know, but – They sold out their game, I'm sorry. State, I think if you put OSU versus Kansas, even played in Kansas, OSU is going to beat them. There's a lot of questions and concerns I have with OSU about their defense and Spencer Sanders. I'm not – I don't really think it's that good, but I don't think you can justify putting anyone above them. Um, or it's going to be – no, it's going to be Baylor – um, Baylor, Baylor hasn't looked the best, but it's. I think Dave Aranda is going to have that team where they need to be. Five is going to be TCU. Um, I think this could go to Kansas. It's kind of a toss up, but I just think TCU is a better team. Um, I'd love to put Kansas in there, but this is my top five teams. It would be TCU, slight edge over Kansas. All right, well, I'm going to start out by saying one OU, two Texas. I agree. You said everything. Texas has looked like a much improved team from what they've looked like in years past. Um, number three, I have Kansas, the Jayhawks, you know. They're a team that has beat – they beat West Virginia. They beat – didn't they beat Houston when they were ranked? Yeah, Houston was ranked. They beat a ranked Houston team. I don't remember. I, they beat some bad team week one, like Sam Houston State or something like that. But, uh, you know, I think the, the, I think Lance, what Lance Leipold has done with that program is incredible. I don't think, even if Kansas finishes out the year with four or five wins, I think he has to win Big 12 Coach of the Year. Do you guys agree? Unless Venables goes on to do. True, unless, unless OU goes undefeated this year. So, OSU versus Kansas. Right now? Kansas, their offense is going to score 70 points on their game. Daniels is a great So you have Kansas at three. Who do you have at four and five? Four, I got Baylor. What about five? LSU. Five, I have OSU. I can see that. All right, I'm similar. I'm going to start off at five. I'm going to go five, that no, a team nobody said. I'm going to go number five, Iowa State. And the reason is – I mean, I know Iowa's not great. That's a good win for them. They never beat Iowa. I'm going to go Iowa State number five. We're going to find a lot out this week when they play Baylor because yeah. I don't have Baylor in my top five. I'm going to go four. I'm going to go Kansas. Actually, yeah, 
you know, actually, I'm number four. I'm going to go Texas. And here's the reason. I, I know they, they played Alabama really good. And I know they beat UTSA last week. But listen, I still don't know if they can beat Kansas. I, Guys, Kansas I, I, beat I them last either. year. So I'm going to put Kansas at three. Mm-hmm. Put Texas at four. And at two, I'm putting OSU. And here's why. I And I think – and I just – Hear me out for a minute. I know you two, both of y'all, you have a disregard towards OSU because it's OSU. I know it. I have my three. No, okay, but listen, Spencer Sanders is playing unbelievable right now. And I think, I think if, if he played right now, I think OSU would beat Texas. I really do. I think OSU would beat Kansas if they played right now. I think OSU's good enough on defense still. We don't know about OSU because they haven't really played anybody. I agree. They haven't exactly. played anybody. But they played the worst team in the yeah, So we don't know. So I'm basing it off of Spencer Sanders' performance. And they didn't lose it. I mean, their defense is still pretty good. So I'm putting them at two with OU at one. Okay. I can see that. So, um, yeah, Big 12 conference play is here. Um, but everyone has a different top five. Um, everyone actually had a different team at number three, whatever. So let's get into our weekly picks. I got five games. He, for you us got tonight. five games for us tonight. Yep, I do. And you have been historically bad. I've been just picking these games. So is this going to be the week you turn it around? Probably wait, not. wait! Didn't I only lose like one game last week or something like that? Yeah, you did. You won four, four out of the five. But guys, I picked from the heart. You know that. But we got some good games this week. All right. Let me well, start out the first wait, wait, hold on. Jason, I have a question before you yeah. start. Do you have USC Oregon State on there? Yes. Okay, good. I got five good ones, guys. All right, so start from the worst. No, I'm not going to start from the worst or whatever. I'm just going to start with one. All right. I'm going to start with that game, Jackson. USC, Oregon State, and let me start out because you know who I'm picking. Every week I'm picking against USC, and I'm taking Oregon State. Me too. I I agree. I look at the way this team is coached, Oregon State. They're, I don't remember their coach's name, but he's turning that program around. They're going to sell out that stadium. It's going to be a good environment. And, you know, I think it's going to be the first real challenge USC has. And I, I think they're going to be fundamentally very good. And Like, historically, Coach Riley teams, like, they struggled against those kind of teams. So I'm going to take Oregon State, too. I want to go with y'all. And from the bottom of my heart, just the best night of my life would be OU beating Kansas State. After that game, turning it over to the USC versus Oregon State and just seeing USC lose to Oregon State. Now, I watched that game last week and their whole copycat with OU. Don't really want to get into it, but I watched Fresno State's backup QB, who is not good at all, drive right down the field on their defense. So... Listen, I have their to defense give, is terrible. I have to give the benefit of the doubt to USC just because their offense is so good. But I think this one is a very tight game and maybe even one score. All right, well, I actually have six games this week. Six, all right. All right, so the next game, we're going to stick in the Big 12 this time. And we're going to go with Baylor-Iowa State. At, we got 11 a.m. kick. That game's at Iowa State. I'm going to go Iowa State, guys. I think I'm going to go Baylor. And, and you know, I think that just Dave Aranda, I trust him more as a coach than Matt Campbell to help his team win. But I think this game's a, a toss-up right now because Baylor has not looked that impressive, even though I still think they're a really good team. They just haven't put it to, together yet, you know? Yeah. But I think they're going to win. I'm going to pick Baylor. The more important question is which one of those two coaches takes the Nebraska job? The loser. Loser. Yeah, the, the, the loser has to. They're both. They're both in. Top Wait, top. why not Lance Leipold though? Why don't they hire him? Uh, I'm a. I, I think. I'm not convinced. A, I think that be would it be a great hire personally? So before we get into all that, let me let me just say, Baylor, Iowa State, flip a coin. It's in Ames, which gives Iowa uh-huh. State. Usually I'd be like 60-40 Baylor. In Ames, 50-50. And the sole reason I'll be picking Baylor, it doesn't have anything to do with Baylor. It just has to do with you picked Iowa State. So I'm going to be taking Baylor. 
Game number three. And also, I think that I Blake Shapin more than Hunter Deckers right now. All right, game number three. Could there be an upset lurking? We have Clemson at Wake Forest. Oh, I, I, I am gonna go Clemson on this one. Me too. I'm, I'm gonna take Clemson last week against Liberty. Jackson, who you going with? Clemson in a blowout. Brody, I'm tempted. I'm very tempted. Until Nate Kunick is their QB, I'm not sold on Clemson. Where's this game at? At Wake Forest. You mean what time? Eleven o'clock. Give me Wake Forest in this one. I that's probably a miss, but I have I don't know. All I, right. Game number four. This could be maybe considered one of the better games of the day. We got college game day there. We got Florida at Tennessee, guys. I'm going Tennessee in a convincing double-digit victory. Yes, I, I agree. Give me Tennessee in a butt-whooping. Close game, Tennessee wins. I, I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson yet. After, like, Florida hasn't showed up since week one. They, like, have I, – I don't even know what's happened to them. All right, game number five. It's a surprising one for y'all, but I have to pick this game, and and I think it's going to be an upset special. Mm-hmm. And it's you also Tulsa at Ole Miss, and I'm oh, going with Tulsa. Oh listen, I'm going with Tulsa. Listen, this Jay, is on the level. Hey, listen, he was the no, listen, listen, convincing double-digit win. Listen to me, game. Davis Brand's throwing for like 700 yards a game. <laughs> Ole Miss is. Not nearly as good as what they were last year. They're better they're, defensively, but their offense. Do your is, research. I'm going. I'm going with a victory for Tulsa. If you look at Tulsa's last, I think it's last seven games against ranked opponents. They're in. Every it's been game. like one score. Yes, it does. They might be in this game. Jackson, you taking Tulsa too? You, you know, give me Tulsa, man. You know, I don't think Ole Miss can cover Keelan Stokes. He's one of the best. He's the most underrated receiver in the country right now. Yeah, give, me, give me Ole Miss. Even if it's a close game, Davis Brennan will just slide down right before he gets in the end zone. Um, True. So, just like last year in Cincinnati. But I, and, and, because we're picking with Montgomery, dude, who shouldn't have a job. They can put up some points. No, no, no. I'm picking, picking with with Davis Brent. I'm going with Davis Brent. I'm riding that guy hard right now. Whoa. Like he's dominant. Oh, you're riding Davis Brent hard. I'm gonna make that the title of the podcast. So All right, last last pick here. Game. Last pick. Great game, and it's Arkansas at with Texas A&M. Game, games played at Jerry World, and here's the deal. I watched some of Texas A&M last week. Miami rushed for 150 yards on him. Arkansas is gonna destroy them in the run game. Okay. And here's what's gonna happen. They're gonna destroy him. And you're looking at next week, Arkansas hosting Alabama okay. as a top well, six matchup. Are you ever going to pick against Arkansas? That is my question. They haven't been wrong yet. Guess what? Do you want to know what? For me, I'm going to pick gonna... him. Mm. You know, <laughs> this, this is a coin flip. I'll tell you why, okay? Because I don't think really either – like offense is an elite offense. A and M's offense is terrible. Arkansas is a pretty solid offense. Their offense is an elite, and A and M has one of the best defenses in the country. But Miami rushed for 150 yards hey. against them, Jackson. Hey, hey. Uh, Jackson, I'm on the same boat as you. A and M guys. Yeah, give me A and M too. They're frauds. I I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, I think last year they had a magical season. I think. A&M probably can, and that offense, Rocket Sanders is very good. Oh, KJ Jefferson is very good, but I'm not, I'm not convinced in Arkansas. And guess what? This is just part of the normal SEC swing, where A&M loses, they go unranked, and then they beat two teams, they come back to top ten before they play Bama. Then they beat Alabama whenever they're unranked again. Then it just feeds Bama more ranked wins. So give me A&M in this one. I feel like I may go six and zero tomorrow. Hopefully seven and zero with OU. Yeah, I I just want to say ever since we came here, the Arkansas 
writing, similar to the Davis Brennan, you're, you're writing Davis Brennan and you're writing Arkansas hard. I mean, hey, guys, I'm going to say it, you know. At the beginning of the year, I was not sold on Tulsa. You know, I thought this was going to be a down year for them because after this, it's, it seems like they have a very good good year, then they suck for like two to three years and they have another really good year. But I think if they're in, if they're in the game or if they win versus Ole Miss, I think they might win the American Conference. Oh, I think so. I, I look for them to go in there and win tomorrow. And then, all then also – Lane and then also, and then what people don't talk about about Tulsa is they lost one of the best defensive linemen in the country last year in Jackson Player to Baylor. Listen, like that's a kid we want to come to to OU, and they, and it doesn't seem like they've had much of a fall off. Yeah. So before we wrap this podcast up, I want to hit you guys with one final thought as you're listening. Um, and this final thought is going to be that the man sitting next to me. Pick Spencer Rattler to go beat Georgia's defense. Um, so that's all I have left to say. Pick Spencer, was, was pick Spencer Rattler and Bo Nix to win double digit over Georgia. Georgia. Well, that's because I hate Georgia. Let's be honest. Just like I hate USC. So if you happen to go six and zero, that would mean that Oregon State would beat USC. Tulsa would beat Ole Miss. And what I, I don't even remember what other shocking picks you've made because there's a good amount. Listen, I hate USC so bad, but listen, if if you could forward line and tell me they go undefeated and OU goes undefeated, I would take that in a heartbeat. Well, I'd like to see. Back that. in January, we all three said that if that game was a playoff game, that we would be in attendance. So it's not going to be a game. Like they're not going. USC is not running the table. Their schedule's pretty weak. And let's be honest, US there'd be a lot more OU fans than USC fans. I don't know, man. USC they got them lights now. Copycat. Coincidental that that where did those come from? Where did those lights come from? It's like every time OU puts a video out, OU football, they put the same video out with USC. So I think if USC, I think if OU guys traditional uniforms, here's my take. Next week, who does USC play? Next I don't know, but I, I did I did see a little bit ago the Arkansas's coming out with some all fire alternates tomorrow. I think USC comes out in alternates next week if OU does. Probably. Oh yeah, no doubt. Probably. Hey, no. hey, they're they're hey, they might as well next week m- might as well have a statue of the Selman brothers too. No, Jalen Hurts. They're gonna have a sure. They're gonna have a statue of Jalen Hurts after no, after the way he played last week. They they own him now. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude. Hey, hey, hold on, guys. I have our fact of the podcast. Okay, a fun fact. Kansas has sold out a football game more recently than USC has. Guess what, guys. Here's the deal. I would so I, you know if OU played USC that that Lincoln wouldn't coach in that game, right? You know no, yeah, yeah, he'd be accepting the job for the Dallas Cowboys. No, you know why he wouldn't coach? The pregame handshake, his hand would break after Brent shook it. He'd have to go in the locker room. <laughs> no, he he'll, he'll still be able to hold that little play sheet No, guys, guys, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Brent Venables wouldn't even shake his hand. Did you watch the OU DNA? Yeah. His pregame speech. Who would think that's the first year I coach? Pregame speech, dude. I was like, get me out there, baby. We play. Seriously. I, I want to run through a wall for him. Before the uh, Fresno State game. What do you think it was? Wait, what did you say? I, I don't it was know. like this, guys. Guys. Listen, we're close. We're real close. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I know, guys, I've said it before, and I've called Caleb Williams the most overrated quarterback, and the guy's playing great. I get it. I'm just so daggum sick of seeing him on every freaking – he's doing commercials. It's just everything's about him. It's so annoying to me. Like, he does a commercial after a commercial. Now he's in a new commercial. He's some, some sports drink. It's like 
okay, yeah, what what color you paint your fingernails this week? <laughs> and let's show them to me, and then show me that you gave all your teammates beats. It's like, and then what, what, what's your pregame fit for this week? Oh yeah, what are you gonna wear this week? I mean, I'm just <laughs> kind of tired of it. They make high heels. Look. He's gonna wear high heels and a bow. Yeah. So guys, USC it, next year, you guys are gonna get the all access, the USC DNA. That's gonna be coming out next year. And, it wouldn't shock Well, what are they going to show? The like, what would be on that? No, no, it would show them doing yoga for half of it. It would be doing yoga sessions. Their linemen doing a split, but the, the title on that would be, we're close. We're close. <laughs> we're close. All right, so I think that pretty much wraps up this podcast Um We'll have another one sometime in the weekend or yeah, late game tomorrow. Game I don't know what tomorrow. time we'll do. Don't think it's gonna be that night of a post game pod, but we'll go ahead and get that figured out after this. But fifty five minutes going strong, um, pretty good podcast for pre game versus uh, Kansas State. If you're listening to this on the day it was released, this is the day of the game. Game is at seven p.m. on uh, Fox. I'm pretty sure Brock Heard and someone else on the call. But which before we go, Brock Heard is awesome. I actually, yeah, I love Brock. I heard him today on Chris Plank show. That dude's awesome. I, I he's great. This is job too. Called, he does a really good job. Before we called the YouTube game, I was like Brock Hewitt, but no, he I actually liked what he did in that game. So yeah, I, he's good. Mm. I, and got to go it up to Joel Pratt last week for running that all by himself. What about what about mm. Lincoln's puppet, Colin Cowher? I mean, he he's had a rough week. First of all, with the whole Trey Lance situation and his daughter, mm. but not to get into that. Um. Wait, what happened? I didn't hear about this. Uh, just you didn't hear that he said OU's the second best team in the country. Who did? Colin Coward? Yeah, he yeah. told Joel Clyde. He's like, right now Georgia's number one. He goes, the second best team I've seen is OU by far. Wait. Yeah. He I did. Th- wait, I thought that Colin Coward said that Oklahoma was a glass half full team. Well, this week he changed his tune. In fact, he even said, "quote." Um, you know, in years past, Lincoln, you know, Brent, what, what did he say about Lincoln? Then he had to stop because he was going to badmouth Lincoln. He was like, Lincoln's deep in. Yeah, he said something. But he was interviewing Joel Clyde at the time. So, yeah, he's on the OU bandwagon right now. I just want to find Rat all these tweets. That is I want to find all these tweets that they sent out when Brent got hired and how they said OU was doomed. They have the number two hey, hey, well, they also said that OU can recruit either. Well, Lincoln said that we he never got could get good players to OU. Yeah, he said he didn't have the resources to win a national championship. Brent's getting him. Oh, yeah. Brent's going to get... He's going down to Houston for the game. Well, hold on. Before we end this podcast, though, the softball team unveiled the their new stadium today. Or the groundbreaking of it. Love Shack. Love Field. Love Field. Love's Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I great. That's great for women's sports, man. It is. The softball team definitely d- I mean, deserves if anything, something like that. I mean, you got to admit, OU, with women's gymnastics, women's softball, they actually support women's sports very well. Very you know, good. they're giving well, a whole new stadium. That's awesome. I mean, if you're – if you're a women's softball player, what, you know, they get the best players, but why wouldn't you want to go play there? I mean, they, they support them so well. Yeah. Well, also, their women's golf and tennis teams are both pretty yeah, darn good, too. Are. And the volleyball team this year's. And the basketball team. Yeah. Yes. Their women's basketball team. Yeah. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, I got, yeah, I think so. Uh, I know you're getting a little tired here. It's a little late in the night. Jason, are you going to sleep tonight for the game tomorrow? I'll probably sleep till about 4. I'll, I'll wake up at 4 a.m. <laughs> Wait, what are you going to do? Are you going to w- walk around your house until the game starts? Case. Well, tomorrow I'm doing some things during the day, so that helps. I'll, I'll be gone for a little he bit. You can't sit around and watch football before the OU game. No, nah, I'll be. I can just sit around and watch the Baylor game, watch the Texas Same. game. Same. He can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to go. Even last week against Nebraska, he had to be out of the house till 10.30. It's like he's not allowed to come in the house until it's about game time. But Got to get my mind right. He's got to get locked in for a game that he's going to. Hey, well, to be honest, 
before the OU games start now, another a thing I've done is just put in my AirPods and just shut shut my eyes in my room and just jam out to, to the music. Well, I'm because, thinking on I'm thinking about that OU Texas game just getting two tickets, and I'll sit out in the state outside the stadium at the fair. I'll be so nervous. I don't know if I can go in there. No, we've been we've been to a game with more high stakes than that. You you told me you're you're less nervous when you're watching the game. That's true. So we'll see. I mean, can't overlook TCU. Yeah, uh, you're less nervous whenever you go to the game in person. So hey, a three point win tomorrow night to win. Let's just get a victory tomorrow. Win, win, win. All right, that's gonna.